in week three of our series uh, titled Miraculous. Uh, we'll be beginning here in a f- uh, several days, a series titled uh, Godhead. And so we'll have our Bible reading plans are actually outside of, um, in the atrium there. And then also you'll get your, you can download your version uh, in the weekly email and then, of course, access it through your smartphone. So the past two weeks we have examined the miracles recorded, some of the miracles in the Gospel of John. Uh, two miracles past couple weeks, miracle of drink, water into wine, and wedding in Cana of Galilee, and then food, loaves, fishes, feeding thousands. And we saw how God deeply cares and wants to supply and nourish and how John calls these miracles signs pointing to Jesus being the one who is the Word made flesh, the Son of God. And so God is still working miracles all around us through the ministry of the church. And God wants us, as we found out last week, to participate in those miracles so that others will glorify God. And in the gospel, we see Jesus' authority uh, constantly in all the gospels over nature and sickness and demons and many, many other things. And so today, we will witness the incredible power of Jesus Christ over death and the demonstration of resurrection power to bring back to life Lazarus. You know, before I was a Christian, I never really had heard of Lazarus. I thought it was a department store. And uh, now it's just cool to get into this word. Didn't there one? There used to be one over there. And so, you know, John records this incredible uh, resurrection, and it shows the fulfillment of the Lord's promise to all who believe in his name. And he called Lazarus out of the grave and restored him from death to life. I would guess that most of us have lived uh, through the death of a loved one. Uh, We have our heart grieve of someone we dearly love when they pass away. And we've all wondered what comes next. And I would guess that many of us have thought about our own death when our body ceases. And we find out, though, in our gospel story that Jesus shows his power, a preface of his power, over death. And the demonstration of that power can give us freedom of the the stronghold of fear of death. And this freedom he gives is given with immense love. That what comes next when the new life of Jesus Christ comes and is, is given to us, the power of death and sin are conquered. And we see that woven through the gospel and into the New Testament and through the ministries of his disciples and the writing. And so today's lesson, let's take a look at the story in John and we'll be looking at most of chapter 11. Now there was a man named Lazarus who was sick. He was from Bethany, village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. 
So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. So that the son, God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are from this tiny village called Bethany. And Bethany was just across the Kidron Valley from Jerusalem, not far from the Mount of Olives. It was about two miles walking distance. The two sisters and their beloved brother loved Jesus, and they practically adopted him. And he would stay there when he would visit Jerusalem, going in and out. And Bethany was just a place that he rested his head. But that day, something went wrong with Lazarus. He's sick. It's not just a cough cold or a stomach ache. He is very, very ill. And the sisters send a word through some type of message, maybe through a messenger. And it's interesting that they describe Lazarus as the one whom you love. And they say that to Jesus. And he did love him. He was literally like a brother And outside of Peter, James, and John, you could see that he was a part of that inner circle of buddies with Jesus. And John even adds in verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so because of this love, you would think that the next verse would go something like this. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was gravely ill, he immediately dropped everything and hightailed it to Bethany as fast as he could to heal his friend. But that's not what John wrote. You read the first ten chapters of John, and you would take in the character of Jesus and see all the things of his love and his concerns, especially in the signs and miracles. You would expect it to say that. But instead, we read verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Can you imagine standing alongside Jesus and the disciples when he got that message? This messenger comes and is about to maybe pass out because he's running because Lazarus is on his deathbed. You could see that maybe the disciples, when they heard this news, maybe they started packing up their stuff, thinking that they're going to go ahead and truck two miles. But Jesus yawns. He sits back in his chair and he's like, okay, who's ready for another round of euchre? While he picks up a sweet tea. And it's just really really weird in other words he just decides to chill and there's something behind that and yep two days later Lazarus is dead and Jesus informs the disciple of his death and he makes a strange statement in verses 14 and 15 he then told them plainly Lazarus is dead and for your sake I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. If I, was, if I was there, I'd be speechless. Jesus, one of your best friends had died, and you knew he was dying, and you could have stopped it. And you're glad that you didn't go to stop it? <laughs> wow. For sure, you are a really wonderful friend, Jesus. And the sarcasm would become so thick out of my mouth to him. But when you see what really happens... As the story unfolds, as you begin to rewind tape, 
You realize how it was all planned out from the beginning. And the Son of God is still in control. And there's a cool principle in operation here that speaks a lot to our existence. We have to be patient with the ways of God. And in that patient, patience, we have to trust and simply say that God is up to something behind it all. Jesus knew that that tragedy would be turned into triumph. And whenever God waits or procrastinates, we think, whenever God doesn't do what you think he ought to do, when you think he ought to do it, the way you think he ought to do it or when to do it, my friends, God's up to something very, very special in our lives. In fact, it could blow your reality away. And Jesus gives clues. The first reason why God waits, the first clue is that Jesus gives is found as he first hears of Lazarus' illness. You go back to verse 3, he said, when it, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. There's three words that not only tell us why God waits, it tells us why God does really everything. In fact, these words actually tell us the single most important thing in the universe. And, it is, and those three words are this, for God's glory. Glory is a beautiful word. Glory is as fun to say as the word miracle. <laughs> Why? Because it's a derivative of mir- the derivative of miracle is glory. And glory shouts out, he did it. He did it. He is renowned. He is in control of everything, and he deserves, and he is worthy of all praise. Glory to God is greater than anything, especially when it comes to defeating two arch enemies, sin and death. And so let's look at this conversation with Martha, John eleven seventeen through 27. Listen to this glory. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. She replied, I believe you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Look how many days pass. Lazarus, four days dead. Imagine the grief of that family, maybe even feeling like, where is his best friend betrayed? And then Jesus begins that 30-minute walk to Bethany, and Martha hears that he's finally on his way and goes to meet him. And you hear Martha's grief coming off the page. And you know that 
there's history here with Martha. She saw Jesus do miracle after miracle, and many miracles were for complete strangers. And now, imagine what she's thinking in her mind. He didn't work a miracle for one of his best friends. So Martha and Jesus begin in that conversation you just heard, and it really, at the heart of it, it's all about belief. Believing in the waiting, trusting in the aggregate, meaning that there are many parts tallying up to make the whole picture. Jesus is about to show everyone that he has power over death. Why did he wait? <laughs> Tell me, folks, would, you have, would it have been more mind-blowing for you if Jesus showed up four hours after Lazarus died or four days after Lazarus died? bringing him back to life for four days of stinky tomb time? Jesus even waited a day longer than his own tomb time. Jesus wanted the glory to go through the roof of that tomb that Lazarus was slabbed out in. And Jesus' main concern is not with Lazarus' death. Get that. He'll take care of that. His main concern has everything to do with us and Martha. It's about what she believes. What she truly believes. Martha, do you really believe who you are following? Martha, do you trust me? You know, I don't know what you're going through right now. There's so much happening. But God's main concern is not what you're going through. His main concern is, do you trust him in the middle of what you're going through? The real point of this miracle and the climax of this story is not what happens to Lazarus. Lazarus has no concern. (laughs) In fact, he is totally chill and at peace. The important piece of this miracle is what Martha says in verse 27. And she says, yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. I believe. There are many times God waits and wants us to trust in the waiting so that we may believe to the utmost. So that we may exercise what we believe that our faith might be exercised at its very highest level. Remember, God is in the growing faith business, my friends. That might, this might be tough to swallow. But God is more interested in growing your faith and trust in him than solving your problems, satisfying your wants, and maybe even healing your illnesses. God wants us to believe to the utmost. Why? Because that's what gets us through the human journey from cradle to grave. God wants us to depend upon him, especially when it comes to this great mystery of death. Like Thursday, I was standing alongside a World War II veteran's coffin and proclaiming these words, Jesus is resurrection and the life, and we are committing this body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. But you see, the fact is, is that we trust because we are eternal. We are eternal. And sometimes we don't understand. And we don't see beyond the dimensions that are around us. 
And that's why we often maybe respond the same way Martha did. But see, let's watch what happens next. Glory. John 11, look at these words. I mean, the rushing, the heartbeat, the pulse. Listen to this. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was the cave with the stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is just bad odor, for he has been there four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they took away the stone. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you will always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. Hands, feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. He did it. Glory, renown, resurrection, power that we just sang about. Jesus could have prayed silently, but he prayed openly. He prayed out loud with faith and glory in his voice rising in the air. Why? Because he wanted everybody to understand that what he was all about. He was not just doing another magic trick, (laughs) not just another miracle. This was to glorify God and fortify the people's faith and our faith. Resurrection power raised him. It showed the preface of his own victory over the tomb, his victory over death, and his resurrection. And that's what Jesus gives us victory over death. You know, I would trade my car and my house to have a front row seat right there from that, from that tomb. Wouldn't you? Lazarus, come forth. Man who was stiff dead, odor, odor ridden, life over, spirit gone, had the unthinkable done to him. The totality of, of Lazarus heard that call. Resurrection and life happened. It made his heart beat again, his blood pump. Through his veins, his eyes pop open. Well, he's probably only could see linen strips. This was not a Frankenstein project. No, this is resurrection power coming to show glory to God to the utmost. And it's awesome. You sit back and watch that. As the glory of Jesus Christ revealed. And what happened? Don't miss this next thing. That happened, it says, many Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, and they believed in him. You know, Lazarus became a celebrity that day. Everybody wanted to see him, and he just was dead, and he just came back to life. And now he's like, boom, celebrity. And he should. Maybe even people wanted their picture taken with him. <laughs> Check out his grave clothes, you know, maybe even the autograph. Hey, man, is your hand unstiff? Sign this. Sign my forehead. And you think I'm making that up. Listen to what happens a few days later. If you read chapter 12... Um, You see, it says, when the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. You see what is happening. People are coming from miles around to see this guy. And he's telling everybody what Jesus had done for him. And it was all for the glory of God. 
And you know, the Pharisees, you read that in chapter 12, they didn't like it. They wanted to silence Lazarus. And as a matter of fact, you, I mean, I think they were going to put a hit out on him. And you know, that's hilarious. It does say that they were going to kill Lazarus. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Lazarus was scared about that? He'd go, I've been there. I've done that. You can kill my body, but you can't kill me and the message that's living in me or what Jesus did. I have eternal life because of him. You see, this is important. I think Lazarus actually died to death. Lazarus kept right on sharing his story. People kept right on listening. People kept right on believing, glorifying God. You know, I like the chief priests, the world will do that. Try to take our faith and our belief and diminish it. Oh, you're just worm meat. You don't have a soul. No. Baloney. Resurrection power so many specifics to this. John writes about it because it happened. Do you believe it? You know, for the past several months, death has always been before us. Death's name's been virus, corona, COVID-19. Virus news today seems like it's always out to strike fear in the people, especially in the beginning of this pandemic. You see, you know, what's going on in Italy and what's going on in New York, and death is... Real, has never really been a real threat for all ages. Has it like this? It lurks in the now. But I tell you what, it's powerless over you when you believe. You see, we have to unbind and live. This miracle is a sign and promise to all who believe in him, even though they die and those who live and believe will never die. Therefore, we can put death behind us. Like Lazarus, we can die to death. And Jesus told the people to unbind Lazarus, to let him go. Jesus Christ calls us, the son of the living God, to be freed from the bondage of sin and death. And we must always remember that Jesus loves us perfectly. And his miracles, his death on the cross... His resurrection is all about perfect love. And all of this ministry, his death, resurrection, and the power of the Holy Spirit proclaims to us that that perfect love can cast out all fear. All fear. that can try to embed itself in us. I believe Lazarus and all who witnessed this miracle died to death. And I'm going to ask you to do that today. You could say that Lazarus died at the age of 40 and he was buried at the age of 80. Let that sink in a little bit. He died to death. And God wants to unbind us. This chapter shows God's glory and our faith always go together solidly. And when we choose to believe God, even when everything and everyone tells you not to, when you choose to trust God, even when you can't, see him, feel him, or hear him, God is glorified. And it's like ripping off those stinky grave clothes. And we have to do that. We have to. You know, there was a, a great substantiating quote by Peter, and I think he got it because he saw it, and I think Peter definitely died to death. 
If you read 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 9, it says this, and this is from Eugene Peterson's translation. What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us in the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. And I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out and it's proved pure. Genuine faith. Through this suffering that comes out to prove our faith genuine. When Jesus wraps all this up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Though you never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him. With laughter and singing, because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to. Total salvation. Peter (laughs) died to death. He believed, he trusted, and he wrote this as evidence of a God we glorify with our lives. Let's pray together. God, we love you. I know Lazarus and Mary and Martha saw it all, and they worshiped and loved on you and gave you all the praise and glory. We just thank you, Lord, that in these times your presence comes upon us. And really, Lord, when we trust and believe, we know that you're at work. May we be patient knowing that, yeah, you have a plan. And you're going to do amazing, wonderful things in us and through us. We give you all the praise and glory for our lives. You're renowned. Your name is above every name. Pour out and pour into us your resurrection power so that others would see and glorify you. And we pray this in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.